Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. We've got Adam, we've got Rhiannon, we've got myself, I'm Caleb. We usually do small chat at this point, small chat, small talk at this point in the episode, but we have a lot of stuff to talk about when we only have an hour, so I'm just going to decide to skip it. Glad to see you guys. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so let's start out with, uh, we recorded a little bit late this week because we wanted to talk about the Super Bowl trailer. Uh, or the big game trailer. Everybody keeps saying big game because I guess Super Bowl's trademarked or something. So please don't come after us. Imagine spending five million dollars on a thirty-second spot and not even being able to say you did it. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, we gave you all this. But you money, can't. You have to call it the big game spot. So yeah, you can't use Super Bowl or the logo or the. I'll brand tell you, those NFL anything. guys. Well, and they also cheaped out on the weekend, like. You know, like, hey, if you really want all that stuff in the show, you're going to have to pony up your own money for it. Good gracious. What a bunch of cheapskates. Anyway, so uh, what'd you guys think? Did you enjoy our second look at Falcon and the Winter Soldier? I have questions. I don't. So, I mean, I, I mean, like, for me, I was like, okay, it's exactly everything that we've, like, known it's going to be. It's a buddy cop show. I mean, they were fun, but... I mean, I'm I'm perfectly fine if all it's going to be is, like, eight hours of the two of them being brats to each other. Like, I, I am down for that. I will enjoy that. But if Adam has questions, let's talk about it. No, I'm just saying, I'm like, I have questions from the standpoint they're showing us absolutely nothing. They won't even show us U.S. agent, right? Again, there's not, like, a really, I mean, we know who the, the, the villains are through um, the marketing and stuff, but... I don't. It's it's one of those things where where I'd love to see it from someone who's never watched anything before, because what 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 are they getting from it? You know, just like cool action type vibes or something. I don't know. I'm not sure if it shows too little or what. I guess um, similar to what we did with WandaVision to an extent. You know, I mean, they're not showing us anything at all whatsoever. I feel like you could take what we've got. And you could like, if you like gave someone a script for this trailer and you pulled out the names, they could be like, it could be a Fast and Furious trailer. Yeah. To me, it very much had like Fast and Furious 10 written all over it. Part of me is excited as well because I know the John Wick guy was in the writer's room for a little bit. So I think he had wrote it. He has uh, his credits on an episode or two. Wick stand number one. Yeah, I don't know. There was there there was the Zemo that the Zemo thing was the biggest question I had. That line, it, well, they made it seem like it was Zemo, but it was clearly two different voices, or at least I heard two different voices. I'm not sure if the the first part was Zemo beaten up or something. I felt like I heard a little bit of an um, Asian accent to that first voice, like maybe it's somebody in Madripoor. I mean, it could be totally me imagining that in my mind Rhiannon you mentioned the uh, buddy cop feel between these two it does seem that the show at least for me is most exciting when they're playing off how how much fun these two guys are together is that the part that's kind of working best for you from these trailers too yeah to me it's kind of like lethal weapon I guess like one's a little unhinged one's you know trying i but no they're not lethal weapon because neither of them are walking the line but i don't know it's just one of those little like opposites attract buddy cop show type things um yeah and the you know as far as appealing i think it is like they're trying to appeal to like the general masses you know come come to disney plus we have a buddy cop show with uh, gadgets and exciting action scenes and all of that too. Um, so yeah, it will be interesting to see if they grow the audience with stuff like this. I really don't feel like we have a whole lot of plot yet. We know that um, the girl who plays Infus Nest from Star Wars, uh, the solo movie, is going to be Flag Smasher, I guess. But all we know is that she does a little bit of fighting on a truck. We haven't hardly seen Zemo. As you said, Adam, we've got U.S. Agent, but for some reason, they're not even wanting us to see, like, his face or his costume. We've probably gotten more reveals from, like, trading cards 
than we have from the show. Do you think that's because it's a really interesting, exciting plot? Or are they just gotten to the point where they don't have to show us anything to get us going? It doesn't make... I mean, it doesn't make sense to me because they, they announced it at um, Comic-Con. And they announced the actor and all that stuff. And it wasn't even leaked beforehand, I don't think. I mean, so they, they've they completely controlled it. So I don't know what the plan is. You know, at least with someone like Monica Rambo, we got you know snippets of that beforehand um i don't know by the way could you imagine what the scuttlebutt would have been if they didn't announce monica beforehand i mean that would have been an incredible reveal um but yeah i don't i guess i don't know what what the play is we know he's coming we know who it is um everyone knows us agents a, a dude that doesn't really um He's Punisher-esque, I guess, for lack of a better word. But then at the same time, you have guys like Anthony Mackie that say that that the series is all about, you know, this battle to become the next Captain America. Except they won't show the other person at all. We've gotten the same exact shot with everything we've gotten so far about him running out onto the football field, U.S. agent. So I guess I just, I don't know what their hesitation is. There's It's not like... It's all holed up in, you know, visual effects houses somewhere. So I guess I don't, I don't know. I guess just putting putting the focus on Mackie and Stan at the moment. Yeah, we did get from Zemo this idea that his job isn't done yet, which to me is a pretty natural extension of that character. He felt like he destroyed the Avengers. <laughs> they came back in Endgame and totally did what the Avengers do. And so you can appreciate that he'd be, out to ruin stuff again i found myself being really excited by the prospect of just a return villain with the exception of i guess loki or thanos so many mcu villains are one and done we've talked about them killing off villains the idea of zemo being back i just think it's just interesting in comics you always have this the the villains that get caught they go to jail and they come back with a different plan and I just, I'm kind of enjoying that we'll get to actually build on a villain's story instead of just... I mean, to me, at least, the the, the natural progression there is because they're bringing him back because he won't be a villain. He's Well, we know he's going to work with, with Bucky, but at the same time, you know, it's pretty evident um, they are setting up uh, Thunderbolts in some shape or form. I think Charles Murphy's even said that that's in development. I might be putting words in his mouth. Someone has said... Thunderbolts is in development sometime. Um, so so probably that's what they're starting off with. And I think it is going to be interesting, you know, kind of moving into WandaVision a bit about how there's all these spiritual spiritual trilogies, you know, with Secret Invasion and um, Captain Marvel, or at least duologies. You know, but then there's WandaVision, Doctor Strange, and Spider-Man, and then there's Armor Wars and Ironheart. You know, so uh, maybe Moon Knight and Blade and Dracula. So it's, uh, I do think the the villains will be more long-term in the sense of at least two properties now instead of the stains of the world. Well, it does seem a little unusual to me that we don't have a natural... I guess Black Widow is the other one that goes with this one, but like, it doesn't. Right. We have no reason to believe, based on what they've shared, that this story has much anywhere to go for another five years. Because there's nothing else on the calendar after Falcon and Winter Soldier that's kind of an obvious. Oh, that's where we're headed, kind of thing. Right until they until they push like season two into development or something. We saw some more of Agent Thirteen, which. I felt like she had the best action beats in the whole trailer was uh, her little fight there, like in between the, um, the containers or whatever, almost had a daredevil vibe there for a second. Mockingbird, man. She had the little batons. Are you guys excited to see a return of agent 13? I thought we knew that was happening. We do. What did you think of how it looked? Yeah, I thought it was cool the way they introduced her. Um, I, I, I liked her going up against the guys. I think I enjoyed she had more agency in that three seconds than she probably has had in every bit of movie she's been in so far. 
Yeah. Like, she's actually doing something, and she's competent, and she seems to be setting her own path instead of just flirting with Captain America. Yeah. So, her violation of the Sokovia Accords, is that letting Cap and Falcon and those guys go? And they haven't tracked her down in the six years since or five years since? or Well, it's got to be more than that now. I do like that, that the idea that she's been on the run for five years. And so she can come back much more fully formed and much more capable. And they can just wave their hand and be like, well, for five years she's been on the run. Of course she's better. And they can really like re relaunch that character that way. It is another one of the tidbits that shows just how massive marvel is you know people look at hbo max and film twitter kind of gave that guy crap for saying that they look at every single property to see how they can do spinoffs and whatnot with like peacemaker and all that stuff but i mean the marvel cinematic universe is certainly at that point it's essentially it's comic universe of itself where they bring in these cameo people from years ago for like a starring role i mean everyone all the viral tweets about how Paul Bettany worked for 30 minutes on Iron Man and now six years later they're making him act in this sitcom thriller weird bonkers ass television show you know it's just so huge I mean what happens if the you know Sharon Carter stuff the reception just goes through the roof you know it's entirely plausible she gets her very own series at some point right there's no reason we won't get 12 Disney Plus shows some year you know Anything is possible. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's all the stuff I had for that trailer. Do you guys have any other thoughts on it before we move on? All right, we've got a bunch of news stuff. I'm going to go ahead and start with the news most adjacent to that, which is War Machine. John Cheadle has said that he's definitely going to be in Falcon the Winter Soldier. And uh, also said that Armor Wars is shooting soon. Uh are you guys excited to see War Machine pop up? Do you think that was a mistake that he wasn't supposed to tell us he was going to be in it? Oh, it was totally a oops or a whoops. At this point, I am not surprised for anybody to pop up anywhere. I, I think War Machine, I, I makes sense. Do you know something about Daredevil? <laughs> huh? Or, uh, what's the what's that? You're not surprised. You know something. About it. <laughs> Do you know something about like Kingpin <laughs> or Bullseye or something? Um, maybe I do, here? and I just can't tell you. If I knew Ooh. something, do you think I could tell you? Well, I hope you would. <laughs> she wouldn't tell you right now. She'd wait until we stop recording. <laughs> stop <Yeah>. the recording. <laughs> um, I don't remember what I've told you guys that. I, I, I think that might be part of the problem now. Is that there are so many leaks and spoilers and. You know, we've gone for years with, like, what Charles Murphy has shared and what's out there and the rumors and the theories. And seriously, in my head, I can't keep them all straight. So I'm like, War Machine. Of course War Machine is in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Of course, like, uh, I-, I thought we already knew that, but maybe we didn't. And and I think it's just, like, me. Uh, so one of our listeners reminded me that at one point I was going to make the Gantt chart of, like, this the stuff. I, I, I feel like, you know, I'm one step shy of doing the little, like, ribbon chart where you connect with strings to everything. Like, we know this one's here. We know this one's here. This one's got to pop up here. But no, I don't know about some secret Daredevil thing I haven't told you. Daredevil is not popping up in Falcon Winter Soldier. I'm going to just go on record with that one. There's some people who are oh. sure that Wolverine is, though. It is a shocking to oh, me how geez. no one, uh, people will not let that go. I don't know. I would like more Daredevil rumors. Can can we create Daredevil rumors to just like keep it interesting? Oh, we could create whatever rumors you want. Make one right now. <laughs> Eldon Henson signed on for a three, three Eldon season Henson, show. Foggy just... will be joining Darcy Lewis by the end of WandaVision. How about that? Yes. I, I think at this point we need Happy Hogan to interact with Foggy from the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie. Just let, you know, John Favreau have a scene where he's talking to himself. <laughs> See, I've wanted I've wanted Happy and Eldon Henson's Foggy to just cross paths. But I'll take either way. Yeah. 
back to Cheadle. I'm just ex- I, I do like the idea of him and Falcon being together because I think that there's an interesting story beat there as far as like they are the the two black Avengers for a long time and in Civil War they were kind of pit against each other a bit because Rhodey was sort of Mr. Government and Falcon was on Team Cap. I just think there's some interesting conversations there about how their experience of being Avengers is maybe a little different than all the white guys named Chris being Avengers. And I don't think we've gotten that. And I think this would be a great show to do a little bit of that. So I'm all here for, for that idea. Also, if Armor Wars is starting in a month or two, I'm really surprised because I thought it was behind She-Hulk and Moon Knight on the recording list. And so I would think both those shows would be done first unless they're going to start shooting three at a time, in which case we'll never, ever stop having content. So that's fine with me. All right, Adam, we'll get to your big news. The year, yeah, I think there's two big news for you today. Uh, last Friday it was announced that, and I'm going to totally butcher this, I am sorry, Stacy Osei-Kufur, is that something close? Anyone know how to pronounce her name? Yes, sounds... She uh, was one of the writers on Watchmen. She is now been picked to be the writer, I think, writer period for Blade, the Living Vampire. Uh, or is it The Vampire Hunter? What was that subtitle? The Vampire Slayer. Okay. So THR published The Vampire Hunter, then they changed it to Blade, the Vampire Slayer, which is amazing, by the way. Um... The thing that chapped my butt about this, someone totally, I saw people slamming Blade because she wrote Watchmen, which just so happens to be a Warner property, and Watchmen's one of the best comic book series ever made. Yeah, Um, I just watched Watchmen. Anybody from that, sign them up. I will take a Damon Lindelof show anytime in the MCU. So, I mean, it's an incredible series, and that's, this is the thing about Marvel Studios, man, they don't care to an extent. They don't care about the A-listers. Obviously, they're going to sign some on and, and all this stuff, at least in front of the camera. But behind the camera, she she got an Emmy, I think, for Pen15. Um, but besides that, I mean, it's not like she's a huge veteran of television, right? I think she was on three shows. I mean, Watchmen won an Emmy for limited series. Yeah. Right. Well, Watchmen won nine or something like that, or several. My Google just said seven. Um, No, wait, sorry. Seven. Three nominated for seven. So, yeah, I mean, you only have to get one really good job before getting into Marvel Studios. Um, Mahershala was in the hiring process, so that's great. I mean, he's going to get a producer credit or something, just like ScarJo did. Yeah. and I mean, the director's coming soon. It is. I, I know Charles Murphy did post like the timeline stuff, and I think Caleb, you interacted with it. We are probably aren't getting Blade in that October slot now, just because we probably won't get a director until this summer. Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, at least judging by the movies that that he put there. Um, but I mean, it's in the works, and Mahershala is very, very on board. You know, he, he interviewed and they wrote and. And they didn't consider um, any any non-black um, screenwriters, so they're going to do the same for the directors. So it just shows, you know, how committed they are to um, diversifying the MCU moving forward. Which is, I mean, we've seen zero bad things come from that. So anything otherwise, I mean, Blade, no matter rated R or not, PG thirteen, it's it's going to be a huge movie. I mean, we're talking Black Panther numbers easily. Um, at the box office, he just has that sort of, sort of clout, um, and I think we'll we'll see him become a much bigger name as we get closer. Adam, as you mentioned, uh, it does it probably lines up well for November twenty twenty three date. Uh, at this point, they've booked um, all their movies except for the October movie in twenty twenty two, but ahead of this movie would probably be Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. Fantastic Four already has a director. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, I would almost certainly think is going to be May of 2023. Uh, I didn't even realize, I missed that they got that they picked four dates in 2023 for Marvel. 
So we've got pretty typically a, I forget, February or March date, a May date, a July date, and a November date for that year. So, um, yeah, this probably is a 2023. 2022, that's the one where they have October and November too, right? Or when's Captain Marvel? It was like the month. That's right. Right now, the 2022 calendar is um, oh, off the top of my head. So July is... Black Panther, May is Thor Love and Thunder, March is uh, Doctor Strange. So yeah, the October, if, if they use the October date, it would be just a month before Captain Marvel um, 2. Uh, speaking of that, I mean, this is not a huge bit, but apparently they're filming soon or are already filming some stuff for Ant-Man and Wasp uh, Quantumania. They're filming it in Cappadocia, uh, Turkey. So awesome i I almost get the sense that it's like i wonder if they're doing location shoots or like even like plates for cgi stuff that they're going to put them back over later on um because i I mean we have not seen um we've not seen any um any shots or anything to suggest that peyton reed or uh any of the stars paul rudd anybody like that has shown up in turkey yet so We'll, we'll see. Big news. So this is a week. I, we, I haven't got to this yet somehow. Oh, jeez. Oh, I forgot. Let's talk about this. Apparently, Keanu Reeves has been offered yeah. a role as Craven yeah. the Hunter yeah. in a Craven the Hunter solo movie. We talked about Keanu mm-hmm. being in Marvel stuff so many times. Is this the mm-hmm. right place to slot him in? Anywhere, man. I do not care. If they want to cast Keanu Reeves as Sword Agent number four, I'll take it, man. Craven make I mean it, Craven's pro yeah, why not? I mean I have my thoughts and hesitations on I'm not even sure if I believe it. But I uh I would enjoy it very much. I just want to see Craven, man, and Keanu is probably my favorite actor outside of N E D, so hell yeah, man. Vinny D is Vincent D'Onofrio, not Vin Diesel. Oh, I was about to say, good gracious. <laughs> Let's like clear that up. Um, yeah, Keanu, man, Craven. I mean, it shows that they're getting serious, and Illuminati's been hot with the scoops of late. They've been sourced by Deadline, I think, and Deadline doesn't source anyone. Rhiannon, do you have thoughts on Keanu as Craven? I really don't. But, you know, I'm just excited that Adam's excited. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. Please I watch need John to, okay, Wick. all right, I will. Just skip the dog part, and you'll be I, all right. You know, I have to say, I've I've finally reached the end of the internet, and I'm actually starting to watch a bunch of that stuff. That I'm like, I'll watch it one day. Um, I'm finally getting to some of that. I've just reached the end of anything worth watching that 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 like I had on my list. So, I'll put John Wick on the real list now. Yeah, you'll probably hate it. I I'm heard a dog dies. Too much. You'll hate it. That's kind of a theme for this week, though, huh? Yeah, it is. Oh, segue, man. I think what I segue—it's not a segue. We're too much news <laughs> to talk about. But um, I think a really weird thing about this is we heard that Craven might be in Spider-Man Three, and that they were going for a Joel Kinnaman type. Keanu is great he doesn't strike me as a big physical imposing guy like joel kinnaman and i would have thought they would have already had to cast whoever's going to be craven for spider-man 3 so are we going to have two cravens is this craven for the sony universe and there's going to be a craven in the mcu like i'm just trying to figure out what's going on there i mean that's a million dollar question and that's exactly what we'll probably talk about in wandavision too you know who who the hell knows it makes sense for it to come out now if he's in spider-man 3 right because casting stuff is is underway and that they still have months left on spider-man holland says at least through march yeah but they've got to have that movie half shot and it would seem like it must not be that much of a role if they can have the movie half all these can't but all these cameos are i mean day or two on set probably right outside of maybe mcguire and what's his nuts garfield right um i don't know 
Unless Craven is hunting Spider-Man through the multiverse. So included on this list of I can't believe it took this long to get to it. Apparently Ryan Coogler has a big deal with Disney and a world of Wakanda, for lack of a better term, show is being formed for Disney+. Plus. Uh, Rihanna, I think we've talked a lot of times about the world building of Wakanda. I assume that you'd be all up for a show that explores that a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I'm super excited about the idea of a TV show. Yeah, just like everyday Wakandans, whatever. Like, give me that. But give me as a real show. Like, I don't know. I feel like we have so many of these Disney Plus quotation mark shows like legends where it's like a five minute infomercial on the background of a character, which is great, but that's not a show. Um, that's a quibby. Like, <laughs> so like if we're doing a Ryan Kugler show about Wakandans, I want it to be like a real show. Um, but, but I have a feeling it's going to be like your Marvel 616 or whatever, like where we're actually just seeing some behind the scene footage. Do we know that it's going to be a real show or is it going to be like behind the scenes footage of them filming Black Panther? I think it's a real show. Okay. Real yeah. Show. That's the sense I got from it. Cause they also said he's also doing several other MCU things or other. Okay. MCU if it's a real things. show with like plots well. and stuff, that's awesome. My my pitch would totally be something like West Wing Wakanda. It's mm-hmm. all just political intrigue and you have like the different religious factions and tribal factions and everybody who's trying to like take a shot at the throne, give us Akibe, you know, like just yeah. throw in that kind of stuff and make it um, a Shakespearean particularly now that we're pretty sure that Shuri is going to have to take over, or if not Shuri and Baku or someone, just the instability of T'Challa has just died and it's their second king to die in less than a few years. And they've just got through the blip and there's the invasion from the aliens. And so it's just political intrigue. And you can use a lot of the Ta-Nehisi Coates stuff, I think, to like give a backbone to that. And I think it, is the sort of thing that I think would feel really dry in a movie because it doesn't have the time to unravel like it should. But we've talked about like what needs to be a movie and what needs to be a TV show. To me, that sounds like what would be a great TV show. Just 10 episodes of plotting and scheming from all these different factions of Wakandan society. Hell yeah, man. It's a universe within a universe, man. There's there's so much they they haven't even scratched the surface yet, and that's something they could do for for years and years. And yeah. Years. See, my brain immediately went to like the more everyday mundane things, like that would never show up in a Black Panther movie. Like, I want the Wakandan high school drama. I want to know what it's like to be like an everyday person while all that crap is going going on. Where Degrassi, yeah. but Wakanda. <laughs> yeah. I want to know, like, the everyday people's lives, uh, but something, like, there has to be some sort of, like, inner drama of growing up in such an advanced society that, but, you know, you, I don't know, you take a high school trip to Europe, you can't tell anybody about where you're from or show that, you know, I don't know, like, I. Do you want to know how, um, I believe you've reached the end of the internet? Sorry, I just wanted to butt in with this before I forgot. You just specifically referenced Quibi. So you are most certainly <laughs> at the end of the internet. She's been watching Quibi's last week because there's nothing else to do. I've been watching the bootleg Quibi Princess Bride. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> to be uh, more specific. Reno 911. Um, that is worth the watch. That's the only reason anyone got quibi that's on roku now right or roku app or something like that yeah i think quibi is dead and whatever was there is now just available in bootleg form somewhere else but my understanding is the rights to the shows belong to the creators yeah which is like their pitch to like bring in creators but it meant that they have they had no assets even when they went belly up to like sell off because everybody just took their stuff and took it somewhere else 1.1 billion dollars just a reminder, $1.1 yeah, billion. Dollars. Down the toilet. The screenwriting podcast I listened to was like, we loved Quibi. They gave a lot of people a lot of money. It's very fast. 
and that's about it. All right. Um, the other thing I want I want to talk about just because I'm very excited about it. Uh, somebody asked Kevin Feige if it's about time for an Agents of Atlas show, which is picking up a little steam with Jimmy Woo uh, being so popular. And Feige, I thought, was unbelievably open. His response was, I think you won't have to wait there very long at all. We've announced a number of shows and we got more in the works. So basically, Agents of Atlas, Green Stamp... Well, he's yeah. He said I think Southeast Asian or something, right? Because then the the there's that Jimmy Woo pitch thing saga going on on Twitter too. But I'm all there. I don't know. I've been reading Agents of Atlas that Marvel's been putting out in the last year or two. I love it. I I've generally enjoyed Marvel being willing to do new characters and the idea of an all sort of Asian team, and I think really mixing and matching people who are actually from countries in Asia versus sort of Asian American people and talking about the difference in that experience. I think that's something that was kind of rich about Black Panther, talking about African American experience versus African experience. I just, I'm all for it. Like, and I feel like it would be an awesome place to showcase some more uh, Agent Wu, which I'm totally here for. So uh, that just really excited me. I think that would be an awesome addition to Disney+. Plus. Yeah, definitely. All right, um, that's about it. We did get some new play, uh, trading cards that gave some designs from uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. We already talked about that. We also, I don't think there's much to talk about, Thor Love and Thunder set photos hit. And so... Yeah. Uh, Taika is definitely like going into late 80s, early 90s Thor uh, costumes, which I think is brilliant. They've got the long hair back. You know, a guy like Tyke is like, hey, I'm going to cut his hair to show that we're new and edgy. And then the next movie, like, no, let's go it long again and make it look like a an 80s rock video. Like, I just love that Tyke is going to not show too much deference or respect to anything he's done before. So those set photos, I thought, looked pretty good. All right. I think that's all the news. Let's talk about WandaVision. We don't have too long, but um, we've talked a lot about WandaVision <laughs> the last few weeks. Uh, let's just start at the end. Spoilers if you haven't seen it. I think the biggest part of this episode is Evan Peters showing up at the door, claiming to be Pietro. What do you guys think is going on? He's not Pietro. He's not. I know. I understand people want him to be, but he's not. I'm sorry, but he's, he's probably not. I don't know. That's my, that is my opinion. I'd love to hear your two's opinion on it. Because this... Ad- then why did Wanda say Pietro? Wait, no, she didn't, did she? She didn't. She didn't say it. Darcy Lewis. He said... Yeah, he said Pietro. He was, or No, he said he was he a brother. He said brother. And then Darcy said Pietro. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, so I had to go back and watch the <laughs> X-Men movies because I had actually never watched the X-Men movies that had Evan Peters in them. So I watched All them of last them? weekend. At the end of the internet. I watched those movies First are. Class, Days of Future Past, and Apocalypse. Okay, I was about to say, I don't think you watched Dark Phoenix for the podcast. I can't imagine you did it on your I own. I did. I did watch it oh, for the podcast. Did. I watched it in theaters for the podcast. Did Adam skip it for the podcast? I then? have still not it. seen it. <laughs> Wait, okay, uh, never no, mind. Sorry. I, I, I knew one of you had just given up on it altogether. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, yeah, it was one of the few of that x-men era of movies that i watched um so i have an outrageous theory that isn't going to happen but it's in my head so it's along the mephisto lines okay um and i'm all down yeah i like i'm sure the mephisto mephisto is controlling everything is so obvious that i feel like it can't be true like everybody is assuming that's the case therefore like at this point, I would be a little bit disappointed if that's really what it is. But there were a few things in this episode that were just off. Like, um, the computer stuff wasn't actually 80s timeline. It was it was more of 90s computer stuff. Um, you know, and things were just sort of getting off. And then having the 80s version of Pietro showing up while they're in the 80s. 
I feel like it's Mephisto, but Mephisto needs help in getting all the pop culture stuff right. So Deadpool is there telling Mephisto <laughs> about the pop culture stuff. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing, and I hope that happens. That needs. So to that's my that's my crazy theory that won't really be the case, but I would love for it to be the case. I mean, if they're going to show. I mean, they've already. I mean, if they're going to pull Evan Peters in, why don't we get a random Deadpool in this crap? You, I mean, that's my outlandish. You theory. hit the nail on the head because I mean, earlier in the episode, Ignis always drops in when it's most convenient, right? So Ignis is one of the puppet masters, and Ralph is probably the real big bad, right? Mephisto or Nightmare, or or whoever's doing the thing, because Wanda's sitting on the couch mm-hmm. finally being honest and finally admitting you know at least seeming like she it seems she knows what she's doing is wrong and then right as you know she's almost about to give in or at least admit that you know pietro comes along yeah right at the perfect yeah. time no i fully believe wanda when she says i'm not controlling all of this i i feel like they are this is just my thing I don't think Wanda's going to be off the hook when this is over. She can't. I, I think that what they'll do is there'll be a bigger bad and they'll be like, and Vision will be like, oh, Wanda, I knew you couldn't have done this. You, you were, you were being, uh, you know, manipulated the whole time. And then the big bad's going to be like, no, she was with me on this the whole time. Like, I, I do think that we are moving past Wanda as a straight up hero into a place where she's going to be an ambiguous, frightening... To me, I, I said on Twitter, I think she's going to be the new Loki. She's going to be a character who sometimes is the bad guy, sometimes is a good guy, and just really only looks out for her own self-interest and becomes a real wild card and everything. And so I, I feel like that's where we're headed. I don't think that we're going to absolve Wanda of everything when this is done. Kev said that, you know, we see her become the Scarlet Witch, and that's something else they set up as clear as day here. What did Hayward say? Does she have an alias or something like yeah. that? And it was completely <laughs> out of place. I'm like, oh, geez, I wonder what that's going to be. I I was wondering, sometimes there's things on the show that just feels like them poking the internet. Like, they're Most just certainly. trying oh, yeah. to make fun of us. <laughs> right, right. Oh, yeah. The whiteboard, did you guys um, see that I took it too far and actually did... Jimmy Woo's whiteboard as each a different article or didn't you guys? Oh, did you really? Yeah. (laughs) Same headlines and everything. So back to like her become, I don't think vision's going to like call her out on all this. I think somehow this is all going to come crumbling down and it's going to be vision is really dead, dead. And that is not going to make her any more emotionally stable. And I think that's going to sort of drive her over the edge into whatever the next phase of Scarlet Witch is. I think it's going to be the second death of Vision. All right. Speaking of Vision and Sword, I want to drop something on you guys. I want to write it up tonight. But here's what I think they're doing to Vision, right? So we know they, I mean, Vision Quest, they put the whole Vision Quest on there from Wanda blowing open the doors and dismantled stuff. But hear me out. What happens if Hayward, Hayward? Hayward, Hayward, imagine he's a pink Cree, right? Just imagine he's a pink Cree and they're actually reverse engineering vision to create the Cree centuries. Because we know Fury and Talos are in space doing something. And we know Monica and Hayward, Hayward, Tyler, acting director Tyler, don't see eye to eye. So what happens if Hayward's actually a pink Kree and that's what Secret Invasion is because the Kree have control of S.W.O.R.D. It's like a reverse Secret Invasion type deal where the Kree owns S.W.O.R.D. So Secret Invasion sets up S.W.O.R.D. proper where it's Fury and Abigail Brand and what happens. Do we have pink Kree in this universe? Yeah, Jude Law. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, yeah. That's interesting. I do. You guys are now appreciating that we're supposed to think Hayward's a bad guy. It was laid on thick enough this week. (laughs) It's laid on very thick. That's why I'm like, I don't know. Maybe he's under someone's sway too or something. I I, I feel like he's just being portrayed as a... um, Government a-hole. Yeah, government a-hole. 
Yeah, see, I'm still... I still like the idea. I don't know if they're going to do it. But the idea that they are potentially creating sentient weapons at S.W.O.R.D. Mm -hmm. The idea that the people behind doing such things would want to get Wanda to create the twins who are two effectively sentient weapons just seems too in front of our faces to me. You know, like that would be totally swords mission if they could create speed and Wiccan as their own sort of instruments of destruction and Wanda could create those weapons for them. If only they knew how to make hundreds of millions of LMDs. (laughs) Uh, Back to Pietro. I I would just say, I don't know. I think it's possible that they're plucking him out of another universe. I think they tried to play up for, a real reason that you, that Wanda can't resurrect the dead. Cause there was sort of a sense with Agnes, like you can't almost like, well, how did vision get here? But I think Wanda was telling the truth in that moment that she can't bring anybody back from the dead. And so Mephisto or whoever's behind all this, she cut a deal with them to reanimate vision. And so the idea that, dead Quicksilver couldn't be reanimated, so they had to pull a Quicksilver from the multiverse, there is an internal logic that I think could make that work. I'm suspicious it's not. I think it's a stunt casting to bring in Evan Peters as somebody else really interesting and just to fool us and to get us going down this path. But I thought it was brilliant because we knew from Charles Murphy that this was going to possibly happen six months like people kept talking about it being leaked online i was like we kind of knew this the second we knew this guy was cast that this was a possibility and it still kind of made my jaw hit the floor even though i knew that was what was likely to happen right right they put that far away line in there too where she didn't admit pietro was dead but rather her brother was far away so does she know of the multiverse or whatnot, and then it also raises up a whole bunch of questions on, on Strange is too busy keeping track of otherworldly threats like Loki that he doesn't know an American city down the street is being tortured by a sorceress. So it's been at least a week, right, in Westview, or how at least a few days, or how how long's it? Uh, she stole Vision nine days ago. And there's been no sword manhunt. And we know he had to get approval by someone else to release the thing, the videotapes or whatever, of her still in the body. So there's another security council or something. I don't want them to do Hydra again. Please don't be Hydra. You know, like, there's so many questions on sword. Like, she walked in, so was she mind controlling everyone in the lobby? Because there was people in the lobby, so they would have seen her, so they would have talked to people. Maybe somebody or something else was mind-controlling, doing all the mind-controlling part. I mean, that's where the the other strong entity that might be mind-controlling, might be controlling things, um, really comes into play. I will say it'll be a big wasted opportunity if Wanda doesn't have somewhat of a villainous return because I thought that Elizabeth Olsen was pretty great in that scene that Magneto style she like takes over right. the mines and they sh- like point the gu- there were just so many moments where I was like I am terrified of like she is already yes. a better villain than so many MCU villains she uh, just pee your pants man if you're across from somebody that powerful and that obviously determined I thought she acted the daylight side of that we're getting yeah. TV villains back, and it's exciting. Exciting. Yes. Um, go on Marvel Unlimited. Go to Daredevil Volume 1, 266. And that is Agnes. It is a character that looks just like her in this episode, talking about her husband that is not there. And then she turns into Mephisto. And then Mephisto laughs and says, this was all just a funny show. You guys are all my entertainment. 
It's really interesting. Mm. This is the Daredevil uh, and Nancienti runner, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which the Inhumans are caught up in a little bit as well at that point. Mm-hmm. So. And it's the worst character design ever. At least when it comes to Mephisto, I hate that Mephisto design is brutal. <laughs> Sorry to whoever did that. But, it's our uh, John Romita Jr., right? Uh, it's. Uh, that sounds right. It's a choice. It's, 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 it's a stylistic choice. Yes, it's a choice. So, that looks just like Agnes. It's super subtle, but the other thing I want to say quickly is what I love about the way this show is written is how they aren't just playing up the tropes of the sitcoms for fun, but they're also making them work in the story. So, like, there was a couple of, like, heartfelt, heart-to-heart, sit-down-and-talk-to-the-kids moments in this episode which they did a lot in those family ties full house kind of era sitcoms but every one of them sort of delved into something deeper and something about what's going on in the show and i just love that the idioms of sitcoms they are weaving in and out of the show in a way that advances the plot and the mystery at the same time as being a send-up like, it's just very, very smart to me. And I feel like these scripts, I just feel like Jack Schaefer, uh, is that correct, Jack Schaefer? I feel like she had to have written these and then just done 15 drafts over top of them to make sure everything was as layered. Because I feel like almost every line gives you something interesting in the show. That's, I mean, that's the magic of the MCU too, man. We talked about that a little bit, I think, last week or the week before. I mean, part of that's fandom making it something larger as well, right? Especially with connections and stuff. Well, and I did want to correct you, Caleb, because Agnes wasn't, Agnes didn't think she could raise things from the dead. Agnes was surprised. Her line was, you can do that? I I, I took it okay. as oh my god, you're more powerful than I thought type response. Right. But I guess her actual words were, you can do that. But I took it as, right. wait a second, you can do that? Like, See, I, feel, I felt like she was, I think most of all she was trying to get the boys to age themselves up. Right. Oh. Because that, at that moment, immediately Scarlet Witch says, no, 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 don't age yourselves. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I also, I don't know. I feel like Agnes is trying to play around to figure out how much Wanda understands, how much she doesn't understand. Like she's, I think she's the handler who is there to see things. So I took that question. I felt like Agnes knew the answer. She wanted to see if Scarlet Witch knew the right answer. But mm-hmm. that's all just kind of innuendo based on, on the, the way it sounded to me. We've got to go soon. I felt like the scene where Norm breaks out of it and goes to call his sister, again, is just pitch perfect, creep you out in a very PG way. You know, it was right there with the guy choking in episode one. Just that utter panic and despair in that moment that he's actually alive. I just, I I love the show. (laughs) uh, They did increase the rating, though. It's no longer PG. Oh, oh really? really? Yes, it's TV fourteen. At least this episode was. This episode. Okay, so TV people started 14. watching it with their kids, and now it's like, oh, sorry, Tommy, you have to age up before you can watch <laughs> the next episode. Someone's gonna say, "Damn!" Before we know it. <laughs> Best. Uh, I mean, it's. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I. They can tell television storytelling. I know that was kind of uh, red herring we talked about before about what happens if Marvel Studios doesn't know how to do television. I mean, they not, they've knocked it out of the park with uh, with episode five. I mean, I think there is an argument for a later discussion of newbies are confused. I know several people that like they haven't watched a lot of the movies and all that, and they are just confused. I've said they got really lucky with the switch. That's where they may have been better off with Falcon and Winter Soldier first. Mm-hmm. I just think that'll be a lot more approachable. And so I do wonder if there's any nerves at Disney headquarters that people are going to go, oh, MCU TV, that's too complicated for me. 
but yeah i yeah. can't imagine you know hopping into episodes one and two and being like how the hell am i supposed to get invested into this or the lagos ad that makes no like if you know um civil war you're like oh that's so clever but if you've never seen civil war that, that paper towel ad would be so what is this it's 30 seconds of nothing. so i understand their her traumatic experiences but would you also agree that their innuendos or comparisons to the infinity stones or am i looking too far into that i'm starting to come around on that i didn't believe it but the hydra soap really does look like the tesseract Looks like the Tesseract. I mean, the toaster's probably the biggest stretch now. But, I mean, if they have another one, I mean, we'll find out soon enough. We only got two to go. If it's purple or orange this week in the ad, then right. it's been brilliant. And I'm trusting they'll bring it home. I'm, I'm really excited that these shows all feel different now. I think that this show has a very unique flavor. And I know very unique is not it has a unique flavor. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, as we said, is that big... Uh, big picture kind of movie deal. I think Loki is going to be a fun. I think Rick and Morty writers make sense for that show. It's going to have a quirky Rick and Morty ness to it, but but also be adventure. I think Miss Marvel is going to feel a little more. I hate to say it, but like Dawson's Creaky. Like there's just it's going to be more of down to earth like teenage show. Um, it's just exciting to see that these are all going to have their own flavor. And I think a really, a really positive way. So, all right. We like to do your guys' fan theories and your emails and stuff. We're just out of time today. So thanks for listening to the show. We really appreciate it. Thank to our Patreons for supporting us. Uh, you can get these videos live uh, at a certain level of support. And you can also see the videos a little bit later for all patrons. We uh, appreciate that. Go to patreon.com slash Marvel News Desk if you're interested about more. And thanks to everybody who helps us with the show. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys later.